0: Testing, testing. This is Bob. This is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks.
1: And we are in Bob's garage, garage. shop. Bob's shop. <laughs> Bob's garage. I got
0: tools here. It's probably not much of a shop, but uh, I got
1: some tools here and fr- a roof for a freezer. I saw right. that nice old Husky chainsaw. Don't call it. did not say it's not a shop. Okay. That's enough of a shop. You got a fucking. You got a dirty weed. A dirty weed sprayer right there, dude. Like <laughs> you got a Harley. You have a toolbox.
0: That's my dad's toolbox like from you're, the you're 70s. Your dad's toolbox. My dad's old like craftsman. Yeah. With like
1: a fucking 40-year-old Mac tool sticker. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking shop, bro. 1870s I mean, it's bro. Not a big yeah. one, and it's got some like household junk in it, but it's pretty shop. It's a shop. Yeah. Dad Dad sell yourself that brand short. Dad when I was
0: a kid, yeah. And he gave it to me. Yeah. So he said, do you want this? And I was like, eh, yeah, I'll take it. And Mary, I was married to Mary then. And she's like, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, Put so I didn't get it. Well, I didn't get it till after she passed away. Oh, that's what, and I put that in the shed with where I store the when I bought the Harley and mm-hmm. I bought that shed that was in front of the house. I put that in the shed that was there and then put the Harley next to it. So, yeah, it was it was nice. It's nice to have that. And I just kind of it needs a little work because mm-hmm. the drawers don't all open on the top. So anyway, it's nice to have. It's a nice memory from when I was a kid because I used to dig through it, dig my dad's wrenches out, and work on my bike. And I love that shit. Work dude. on my bicycle
1: and stuff. So. My dad has his dad's machinist toolbox. Oh, that's cool. And um, that's cool. I love that. I'll get it when he dies. I'm sure. And I don't know. I think that's special. It's it's pure silliness, like, but it's not. Yeah. At the same time, it's not. It's, it's well, cool.
0: that will probably go because my kid, my son Richard, he he doesn't. I've never. I never learned a mechanic realistically. I worked on a bike when I was a kid. I learned how to use a wrench. But I my dad never taught me how to work on a car. I never learned how to work on cars. I can do little things, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I never taught my kids that because it wasn't it wasn't a priority for us. You know? Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, this was a part. It, there's right. a lot of things that are incorporated as a part of family culture. Yeah, and that's different. It's as different as American culture to Korean culture oh, yeah. or, or, or Japanese culture is to South African culture. Right. Like family to family, even in America, like you have a lot of, there can be a broad range of family cultural differences. You know, I could sit down with somebody who is the, the same demographic of American male, early 30s, Caucasian. Relatively, I mean, I'm fucking like Middle Eastern, Caucasian, Native American, European, whatever. I'm yeah. a mutt. I'm the true American <laughs> mutt. And, um, but you can sit down with somebody that would, you know, that would buy all of today's, um, you know, identity politicking game is the same person, and you'll find that they grew up really wealthy. You grew up really poor. They grew up with. You know, and their family valued uh, a whole slew of different things than what your family did, right? Yeah. They might not have any idea how to change their own oil. And you've rebuilt fucking yeah. 30 fucking engines by the time you were fucking in high school. You know, so there's these massive differences in family culture. It's really interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to give that toolbox to my... my I had a brother, older brother, who died in 1990 a car accident. Um, his wife was pregnant when he died, and... He had two sons, mm-hmm. and the youngest one will get the toolbox because he's he's an of body guy, so mm-hmm. he'll get that. And He actually was like, "Will you let me have that?" I'm like, "When now?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "No, I, you know, he's like Well I'm like, "Yeah," and you know, I'll probably I'll probably give him a Harley when I go too. And, well, Otto might sell it yeah, because yeah, the, well, you, you never know. I mean, you never know. I, I, if I got I got seven years to die, she wants my life insurance. Uh, so,
1: oh, shit. <laughs> I, only, I bought term insurance, so um anyway um dude we're gonna get i'm gonna we're gonna get you like a good like universal index life policy like something legit that will like help for retirement etc
0: well i need to i need to do I, you know if i mean i really Bob, like barring the, the
1: total collapse of the markets yeah exactly <laughs> the total collapse when they is. fucking indexed when are they going to index it to? yeah yeah exactly
0: <laughs> Um, A couple things. Uh, You wanted to talk about uh, maybe the overall feelings of the last conversation
1: we had. Well, I I just said that I think that a lot of what I say and what I talk about can come off as I don't think that that somehow I'm some type of, like, nutbag conspiracy theorist who thinks that the virus is fake, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) something else, which is so far from the truth. I find uh, genetics and virology really interesting, and absolutely uh, SARS-CoV-2 is a very real virus. It's a, you know, it's a real concern, as are, uh, you know, all of the other viral infections that we deal with yearly. Uh, I just don't think that the... Social political climate and the lockdown and all of that. I don't think that the response matches the science. Okay, that's all. That's okay. all I was getting at. is right, no, I did. That. In in a general sense, it the the numbers that are coming out, um, and and the science behind it doesn't match the the uh, social political response. Right. The social political response is very inflated. Compared to the threat, and that—that's right. what I was getting at. Yeah. It's not to say that it's not a concern. It's not to say that you shouldn't practice social distancing and you know safety, especially around at-risk people. Yeah, especially with well, we're at distance people. apart. Yeah, we're, we're sitting, sitting here like six, five, six feet we're apart. We're not sitting each other's lips, and I'm not, like sucking breathing each other's lips. in your mouth, but right. like, you know, there is a, also a large element of. Um, how much does your, your fear and your concern and your emotional state influence your health and well-being? And I think it's a lot. And so I, I, you know, I, uh, I consciously try to remain calm and unfearful, not because I don't think that there isn't reason for concern, but because I know that it is more beneficial for me not to be overly concerned and stressed
0: well I think that's the key is that you know don't destroy your uh, and don't uh, don't. Don't drive yourself <laughs> to a point
1: where I was spitting on Bob's floor. I spit all the time because I'm a fucking camel. And, <laughs> and careful, they fit. And I. That's one of the best. No, the God, it's not like Bob's floor is special, or that I like feel the need to disrespect Bob's garage. But I, I have a, a, I spit all over the back floor of, you know, in the garage area of my shop, and all over. Like it's, it's, it's just I'm just gross, and I spit all the time because I don't like the feeling of. The, any sort of, like, phlegm or uh, textural inconsistency in my throat, and so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have this wonderful, old, uh, dirty flower pot with some moldy uh, husks, and oh, I, husks, and I'm spitting in it, because, <laughs> because I, I love Bob and I appreciate it, I don't want to spit on his floor. Anyway, that's what he was thinking. <laughs> So anyway, back to the... <laughs>
0: Fact <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh I thought something interesting happened this week too with the Surgeon General who is black. Um he actually had a moment of you know of outreach to people of color, people of authenticity of black you know, black people. Black people. Black, black people, people. Black people. Okay. and um he got called a coon and her uncle Tom by who well the lady you should see it's uh, there's a guy named Anthony Brian Logan he actually covered this he's black as well he's a black conservative and he covered he showed the he showed the um, the video and he said don't drink don't do drugs don't smoke you know don't lower your immune systems basically what yeah. he's telling people yeah. and love me ma love it. he said something it was I think it was Hispanic Puerto Rican. And he says, call, "Love Big Mama and and Pop Pops." He made he made um, just different cultural rela- cultural, re- cultural references re- to how black people call their older you yeah, know, different grandparents. grandparents their grandparents yeah, yeah. yeah sure sure no, which I mean white people do too so sure, sure. depending sure. on where you're from if you're yeah. from the south you do that kind of yeah. stuff right Mima um, or Pop Pop or fucking pops or fucking yeah, it's, it's, or fucking, yeah. yeah it's whatever I there's a million of them right like, and my son calls me Pops yeah so yeah. my youngest. So, um, but the lady, there was a lady from, is she from NPR? She's black. And she gave him grief because his outreach, and he had to basically tell her, Oh, she says. Well, are you just talking to black people, telling them not to smoke, not to drink, not to do drugs, okay. or everybody? are you telling everybody? He goes well. I'm sorry, I have to explain this to you. But yeah, I mean everybody. Yeah, right. You know, he didn't <laughs> no, say it that way. This is good advice for everyone because yeah, we, we all happen to be human. He and, said, and, yeah. Yeah, he had to explain to her. Yeah, I, you know, I call him a grand. I call my grandfather Granddaddy. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to explain to her exactly, and it's like you're black, he's black. Why are you Why are you trying to sandbag this dude? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's because he worked for Trump. You know, it just, that's what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just Probably
1: horrible. trying to sand, in all honesty, she's probably try, not trying to sandbag him. She probably honestly believes that in some way he is f- uh, furthering some sort of racism. And it's not, I don't believe that that's true. No, I'm not so siding either. with her at all. But I I'm, also don't think that like, in general virtue signaling culture is still born out of a desire to do the right thing right now it may be distorted and it may and it's often not the right thing but i'm just saying like hey like i'm sure her her intention was not to just shit on this dude because of his political leanings she probably felt that what he had said didn't you know further racial inclusion.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what she. Maybe, made, maybe not. It didn't maybe, come across maybe maybe to me, but I'm okay. white, so. But I, I
1: didn't hear it. Either. I didn't hear it. I'm just saying, hey, yeah. maybe give her the benefit of the doubt. But. <laughs> well, she's. I, I. I don't say that very often, so. I
0: know, uh, she didn't come across to me as someone who was a very, a very generous in her uh, observations of how things should work as a journalist. She's not a very objective journalist. She's...
1: Well, most journalists now aren't yeah, journalists. That's true. So most journalists now, I would say, are more pundits than journalists.
0: Yeah, opinion holders. Yeah, like you're here to
1: yeah. share your opinion, whereas generally journalism was the seeking of truth and, and an objective presentation of both sides of an argument, yeah. whereas punditry is, is you know, the desire to present a particular opinion about a clear
0: idea how it future the future may be affected by how how things are affected by the current situation that's happening, whatever sure. it be. Yeah. You know, whether it be during the Cold War or during Pearl Harbor or after Pearl Harbor or or what the hell ever. You know what I'm saying? So um it's, it's kind of ridiculous that we have to go through these things and 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 navigate the what's becoming an obstacle course of non-human behavior. Or, you know, we're more worried about how we're culturally separated instead of how we're humanly separate or com- how we're humanly symbiot- symbiotically connected to yeah. each other. You know, whether you be whether you be uh, any kind of person of color, POC, or some white dude up the street, or if you're gay, or if you're heterosexual, or you're trans, or not trans, we're all in this. You know, that's what they're saying right now, the whole COVID thing. That's what we hear on the TLC. We're all in this together.
1: Okay, hey, cool. If we're all if in this together, then let's you, drop all you, that you pretense. Drop all that bullshit yeah. about how we're all different and start start focusing on how we're all the same Yeah. and how how we're, and we're and we we should all together love and respect each other
0: laser <laughs> for real the it's
1: and yeah it's it's, uh, it's we
0: have it's, a great opportunity to pull things up, pull something off here whether you're an atheist or whether you're a christian or whether you're a buddhist or you're uh, krishna or whatever you know mm-hmm. I, I, you know i'm actually interested in learning more about krishna because not because I want to practice it, because I want to make sure I understand it so that I can, I had an experience with a, a guy in the Atlanta airport in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, you know, coming from, me and this one guy from from advanced individual training in Fort Lee, Virginia to Fort in Georgia to jump out of airplanes for three weeks, you know, or do three weeks of training and five jumps out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. And uh, this little mousy Indian dude comes up and he goes, hey, do you want to hear about Krishna? And I shook his hand and he, he was taken aback because nobody had offered him his hand, a hand to shake.
1: Yeah. It, obviously, maybe
0: because, and he did not shake hands. Oh.
1: Okay. And, and he well, just
0: he just put his hand in my hand, and uh-huh. I and I I squeezed too hard. I'm like,
1: oh, I'm really sorry.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. But in my in my you know vibrato or you know macho army dude you know yeah you're much younger you know, different, yeah, different yeah man I was, at that I time was twenty you know yeah. almost twenty one. And uh, I was like, well, I don't want to follow anybody who can't shake my hand. And, you know, it's like, that was stupid, sure, you know. And it was like, but he gave you a book. And I kind of looked through it. I didn't read very much of it. That I wasn't a real reader. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't like reading books at the time. And
1: Krishna is, and I don't have, uh, like, a sample No, Well, let me ask you this before
0: you go on. Is it, sure. a, is it a branch of Hinduism?
1: Yes, okay. more or less. I mean, Krishna is a Hindu... God, okay, okay, and they all. There is an enormous pantheon of mm-hmm. gods in Hindu religion, but they also understand the fact. It, it it's a it's a paradox. So when outside looking in, for most Westerners, they see um, Hinduism as as um,
0: the ultimate pagan right? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, just... a
1: very, you know, an extreme an extreme version of polytheism, right? Right. So, but to to better understand most eastern religion to understand that although they do have th- hundreds of th- thousands of different gods, the worship of individual deities is recognized for what it is more in our culture is the way that like we may if you're Christian you pray to you know just God the one God the one true God right and in Hinduism they recognize that there although first of all there is only one thing happening here there's not you and me there's not you and God there are individualized experiences you've you've chosen an incarnation in a body so you have an individual form but just as every other individual god is individual they are all one part of a whole Okay. Is that is. That no, that makes no. That, no, it's yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to like the concept of the Trinity in Christianity, where yes, they it is God so the Father, you, God the Son, and God the okay. Holy so Spirit. So let me see if I understand
0: what you're saying. So it is it is You get to choose your your own carnation, and well, you, you choose
1: many incarnate. You choose, if okay. Sorry, I asked your question. I don't want to. So interrupt.
0: if you're if you choose your your carnation, this carnation makes you part of Krishna. Mm-hmm. If you choose Krishna? No, 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 no,
1: no, no. Okay. Um, no. There is only I. Okay. That's it. The only reason that you see and experience I, Bob, as separate from I, Jordan, or Krishna, or Ramana Maharshi, or or Buddha, or Christ, or uh, is because you are trapped in desire or attachment, the cycle of samsara. the cycle of samsara the the cycle of attachment and desire now this is I'm blending concepts from Buddhism and Hinduism to explain the overarching concept that allows for a pantheon of gods while recognizing that there really is only one Um, okay because of your desires or attachments whatever they are um you are not fully realized you are not fully integrated now the it's a, it's sim, there's real it, it has a lot of parallels with christianity although christians would oppose the idea um but <clears throat> I'm sorry, I feel like I'm very off track. <laughs> Tell me your original question again. How, or...
0: No, I don't think you're off track at all.
1: Um, the... The fact that you view yourself as Bob, the individual I, is... In, and you are kept in that state by the fact that you have desires. Right? I desire a Coca-Cola. I desire <laughs>
0: to
1: so I desire to hold my daughter. I um I I dislike my neighbor's barking dog. I I would I would prefer to have vanilla ice cream over chocolate. Um these are the things that keep you from recognizing the fact that Bob I is the same I as Krishna is the same I as Buddha is the same I as Shiva and the f- the phrase um tattuam asi means i i am that okay um Tutwom asi tuam asi. see um, oh, and I'm that, that is one of the four and i'm going to butcher this word I'm not even going to say it. That's one of four ultimate truths um, in Eastern religion. Okay. Um, but all of those ultimate truths all say the same thing. And that's the really interesting thing about Hinduism and Buddhism, is that you can read, and much like the Bible, when you really, really read it, you can read many, many, many different um, teachings and parables. Um, be they in the Bhagavad Gita, or, uh, you know, in the Bible, or, um, you know, in... in uh... <clears throat> but they all general, they all say the same thing, and that is... The, that you are that thing.
0: Okay. The
1: difference between you and the the butterfly, the difference between you and your daughter, the difference between you and your dog, the difference between you and Christ, is an individualized difference because you... are held in your individual state your cycle of samsara by your desires
0: okay so here's what i hear what you're saying okay from a so since i'm in my christian mind sure okay yeah please or LDS mind because most people don't accept me as a christian but anyway it's 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 the same 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 whatever um what you're saying is that ultimately what we really need to work for is to be humble enough to recognize things in ourselves that help us progress beyond what we really are that our desires hold us down and that we need to be able to be humble enough to see those desires <laughs> and not necessarily let them control our lives the
1: yeah yeah that would be a f- uh, um because i mean that's what i mean that like... would be a that would be a fair um kind of western materialistic conceptualization of it which is which is good because that's probably what would be generally applicable. Well, that's what, applicable. But that's
0: what my, my studies right now, whether yeah. it be the Book of Mormon or the Bible, what I find is that I'm... So I'll pick I'll pick. I'll pick the Book of Mormon, okay? Yeah, please. Uh, Moroni chapter 7, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Moroni is quoting his father, Mor- Mormon, okay, who compiled the, the stories of the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Okay, to so the plates. But anyway... And you know, the I plates, and the plates that... Yeah, the, yeah. yeah yes. Joseph would translate. Yes. So... Um, he talked about uh, faith hope and charity okay and that you cannot have faith hope and charity unless you're meek and you're humble meekness and humility are what breed help you maintain and and stand on those that foundation of hope and faith so that you can have charity now he so let me break charity down in a different way because the Bible takes faith, hope, and charity and turns it into faith, hope, and love. Okay? Sure. Okay, so I want to ex I want to transcend that word love into something else. Okay. So you it's a hard word to transcend. Yes, but love, well, let's it, uh, let's yeah, see okay. let's see where this goes. So you love your daughter. Yes. You love your wife. Yes. Okay. Your parents love you, right? Yeah. So imagine the love that you feel for your child. Okay, and compound that by the infinity symbol.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Charity is what is actually what is the true love or the pure love of Christ. This is
1: this is an important concept. That
0: the pure love of Christ. So that's why I'm I'm saying the love you have for your child uh, multiplied by infinity. Yeah. Okay. Because we don't really know God's mind. We can say what we think God might think or might do or but, god's
1: mind but sorry he, sorry continue but it's
0: completely tra- we i mean there's no way for us to transcend to that we can't we can't that,
1: reach that platform. that is that is in this plane no absolutely not and that's the point of eastern religion which is interesting that you say it that way well that's and that's what i was going to lead to too is
0: the the guy was his name Shiv? that you we talked about last night and you last week and you played a little bit as video before we we recorded dr you, shiva yeah dr shiva and he talked about how western medicine was fix it it's based on like
1: individualized right. components right. of a system yes. right
0: and then eastern medicine was engineer it yes mm-hmm. right
1: understand the engineering yes. problem yeah the whole the whole of the system
0: yeah i always thought i have thought since i was a small boy i've always thought of god as the greatest scientist ever Mm-hmm. Which would mean he's an engineer as well. Absolutely. So he knows it all. Yes, yes. It is the science of God that gives us everything here. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to transcend the idea
1: of God and quit painting him in the corner. Well, you can't To allow that, that to do that. And that's more... I really like the way that you said it before, when you said that you can't... You cannot merge with that. You cannot make it to that plane. You cannot know God fully in this plane. Yeah. 55 Isaiah 5589. Yeah. And that is that is very point. That is the goal of Eastern religion is the practice in incarnation. Because no, of course you can't know God in this incarnation. You can experience God's love. You can experience God's destruction. You can experience all of the many aspects of God. And now, if, you, if, if the word God bothers you or turns you off, please replace it with um, the universe or nature yes. or consciousness. That's great. That's great. Or um, whatever makes you, whatever yes. you identify with. Um, Karma. You, not, well i mean no, most
0: most most lay westerners use misuse karma yes the, they karma, misuse the it. concept of karma and is I
1: misused in 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 the western world but um the 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 goal of eastern religion being to practice in your current incarnation so that when you die You will have the consciousness to one, recognize that you're dead, that you are no longer in physical form, Mm -hmm. and to two, release your attachment and your desire so that you don't have to make another trip around have another incarnation.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. No more, so no reincarnation. No
1: reincarnation. Well, no reincarnation if, at the moment of your death, when your soul, and if you don't like the word soul, please insert the word consciousness. Um, so that at the moment of your death, when your consciousness is freed from its physical form, you have in your physical life, in your, in, in your physical incarnation, you have practiced enough and meditated enough and spent enough time acquainting yourself with the concepts that when you are out of form, your desire doesn't pull you back into it. Your desire allows you to go home. To God okay the goal of Eastern religion which is also the goal of, of Western religion just stated differently
0: yeah well there's it's just like if you I don't want to make light of this but if I may it's kind of like riding magic mountain and enjoying enough to go back and get in line again
1: exactly but so that's the but
0: that the, the goal is that some point the goal you, is
1: to not is to understand that even though that perfect you ride. enjoyed the ride <laughs> That riding Magic Mountain wasn't the point,
0: right? But you get that one perfect ride. You're like, I don't have to ever do this again. Or am I? I probably, I'm sorry. I'm probably oversimplifying.
1: No, no, no. That's because I don't want
0: because I don't want to be disrespectful.
1: No, at not at all. Not at all. Um,
0: Especially because I know I'm hoping Vinny listens to this, and because I hope he digs our our what we do. <laughs> so because I know Vinny's the, uh, pretty. Vinny's Christian. He's right?
1: very no. He's he's. um Buddhist. I think he's practicing Maya. Okay. Um, I dig
0: Vinny. I love that guy. Oh yeah,
1: he's a he's a he's a he, he's wonderful. He's a wonderful. He's a wonderful soul. Uh, I love him. He's, he's wonderful. He, um, yeah, but I know. Um, yeah, I think he's uh, practicing Mahayana. Okay, Buddhism. Um, but um, to circle back around, Krishna is. And uh, uh, this is where I fall a little short because I'm not super well versed in this stuff, and I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. Not a hard Christian. Um. But the um. The concept of uh, you said charity, being the pure love of the Christ. pure love of Christ. Okay. And it's because they talk about Christ's love and the Catholics went so far as to refer to Christ's heart as sacred, which I think is really important and telling. Yeah. Especially when you look at the more, um, when you look at the material, when you look at the materialistic side of um, Buddhist or Hindu practice Yeah, and um, start to get more into the chakra system and understanding the physical aspects of incarnation. Um, and also when you refer back to Christianity, the the ultimate concept of which being that you needed to accept Christ into what? Well into your heart. In your heart. Yeah. Not but but here's the thing. What that from a, from a Western standpoint, that doesn't make much sense. You say you need to accept Christ into your heart, but why aren't you accepting him into your mind? Why aren't you accepting him into your life? Why are you accepting Christ into your heart?
0: Yeah. Because from a
1: Western standpoint, the heart just pumps blood around the body.
0: Well, that might be the whole point, is that once you accept your heart, <clears throat> that he will permeate your whole soul. Well, there we go with that word soul again, but yeah.
1: The The heart in in eastern religion is recognized as the fourth chakra the um uh, anahata um, the the heart chakra is the first chakra to which um, your energy will rise um, that allows you to transcend the physical incarnation and that sounds like a lot of hoity-toity, hoopty-floopty nonsense, but we've talked a bit about that before. Um, and, and the example of your love for your child is a good one, because I think at least most parents can identify with that. Because when you held your child in your arms for the first time, and you felt this warmth, glowing inside of you it wasn't glowing in your tummy and it wasn't glowing in your head no it was in your heart it was glowing right you right you know what i you've had right in your bosom right here right what is that well that's that 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 is love but that is the same love that you're referring to as charity That's the same love that the Catholics refer to when they refer to the sacred heart of Christ. It's the same love. It's it's all that one thing. Yeah. But that feeling, that transcendent, glowing warmth and contentment is... Is, a, is is an infinitesimally small sliver of of the heart of Christ
0: yeah because Christ Christ is in all of us that's what Christians should believe that is that we are imparted we are all imparted with a spirit of Christ and how we how we manage that it's like the old Indian um, Adage. I think it's would be an adage of mm-hmm. there are two wolves in you and the wolf that there's good and evil in you and The wolf that you feed is the wolf that you know yeah. controls you mm-hmm. that's that's that part that's in you of Christ that says that gives love mm-hmm. that fosters love that builds love mm-hmm. and Whether you recognize it or not you don't have to recognize it, but you but it is true that love is fostered through those kind of things I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm That you have it's fostered in something that you may not. Then you may understand, or you may not ever understand. Mm-hmm. But and that's okay, as long as you remember that the understanding the of to it love is, is inherent in you. Oh, absolutely. The ability to hate is less inherent in you, but is inherent in you. It's and just, how you feed it.
1: The the, inher- the ability to hate is just as inherent as the ability to love because both are perfectly necessary
0: yeah. and you
1: can't have one without the other
0: well yeah you can't have
1: joy without sadness you can't and, have and this is a very real yeah. concept that's born out in physics you can't have a, a positive charge without a negative charge right yeah exactly this is it's not
0: it's actually that's actually in the Book of Mormon too that you have, that you have to have opposition in all things
1: because you so, have to have balance yes God and it's an odd it's an odd concept because many different religions and in my opinion religions being the creation of man okay um, to try to elucidate a concept that is not fully elucidatable. That is not fully understandable in this physical plane. I mean, I think,
0: I think that if you... I, I think you find what you seek. Uh, I have conversations with people who say, well, how can you believe being Mormon? How can you believe in being Mormon? And I just say to them, well, you find what you seek. And I've sought to understand Mormonism, or being a Latter-day Saint, I'm sorry... Uh, I've sought to understand that and I've found that that to be a true thing in my life is that that's why I'm a Latter-day Saint because I've sought that and I've looked at that and I've studied it and I've had that experience that says to me that
1: you've had, this is good. Well, yeah, you've had what most people have who practice any religion. They go into a practice which, barring all of its... human befuddlement and there is in every religion um allowed you to access that part in yourself that is yeah Christ that is the love of God that is I hope I, I I'm not very good at it <laughs> well that's the point of practice yeah and that's the that's the bag right you're in a physical body it hurts it aches It has yearnings and longings. It has anger. It has attachment issues. Yeah, it has all sorts (laughs) of things, right, that separate you from God. Yeah, that being the basis of the concept of sin in Christianity. Mm -hmm. Sin, the way that I think it's understood in modern Christianity, is maybe a, not maybe it, it is quite a bit materialistic and legalistic. But it says, in no uncertain terms, sin is that which separates us from God. It doesn't say, sin is when you smoke a cigarette. It doesn't say, sin is when you drink a beer. It says, sin is that which separates us from God. Yeah. Now, many things that you could view positively are, by that understanding, a sin. If the fact that I really enjoy my 67 Corvette keeps me from being compassionate enough to understand that my daughter doesn't even conceptualize the value of a physical material item and runs her bike handlebar down the side of it. (laughs) And I get angry in my heart. I I have anger, and I allow that anger to separate me from what I know to be true, which is that independent of this silly thing, this Corvette, that I have put so much love and attachment and desire into that I have sinned that that's more how I view sin yeah
0: well I, I, yeah I uh that makes me think of uh Paul was I don't know 12 13 mm-hmm. and I don't know if Richard, if Richard was there or not but I took him over to my parents were leaving. My dad and my stepmother were living in Aberdeen. And dad had this big spread and... Um, days. and Aberdeen days. Aberdeen, Idaho. And um, he had this... It wasn't a large spread, but he had a little bit of land, had some sheep on it, and had a lawn lawnmower and stuff. And I just got a new-to-me car. It was used, but it was nice. It was...
1: It's nice to you. It looked you, nice. You, you, yeah. yeah.
0: So Paul's out there on that rhino lawnmower, and I told him, don't get too close to the car. You don't need to be over here. Mm-hmm. you know. And he... Ram that modern one <laughs> right, lot right and I remember I, I just looked at my dad and said I gotta go and he says where are you going I'm like I gotta go cause I was really angry it really made oh, me angry
1: sure but I
0: didn't I but I remember you know well Paul I always felt Paul was and I, I, I I'm pretty sure Paul listens to this and he might not even know this um, cause it's not important anymore um Paul's my boy. I held Paul. The f- when Paul... The f- the first person the doctor handed to me... The, the first person Paul's energy was me. Mm-hmm. And I held that boy... Because I wasn't there when Richard was born. Mm-hmm. But I got to hold Paul really close. And I said to him... You're my boy. And we're going to do great things together. And I don't know that we accomplished that. But I... Paul's, Paul's kinship and I's kinship is... Much, I think, is much stronger than his mother's or anybody else's. Now, and this might be my own derangement, you know, but Paul's always been the odd, the odd man, odd man out. And um, kind of the whipping post, whipping boy, you know. That's how I've always seen it, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I fostered that and created that for him, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, when he hit, when he did that, I didn't want him to feel like that thing was more important. So I I didn't say anything. I said, mm-hmm. see you later, son. And that's how, this is how I remember it. He may remember it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to hide my visceralness, my visceral anger, because my dad was mad at me because I was just up and leaving. Uh-huh. And he says, just car, son. and I But I was like, Dad, I'm gonna go. And I tried really, really hard to not show I was angry about that. Because it was just a car, and Paul is more important than anything else uh-huh. that I could ever own, or I could have. And I am always—he was home for leave for thirty days, and we didn't do very much together because we're we're locked in house, you know. Sure. Um, but I was so relieved having him home, mm-hmm. and I—I I'm, I'm, the day he left, I was a wreck. You know that's my boy you know and i love my oldest son as much it's just there's just something for me and paul that is just that is i hope that harper and i i you know i feel harper i feel the same kind of love for harper i do for paul I, as i do for richard but i mean that kinship is you know there's just a bitter kinship
1: I mean, yeah richard. you can
0: Am I, I don't, know, and, and maybe that looks like makes me look like a, a bad dad or an no, asshole, but
1: no, that's totally understandable. I don't have multiple children, so I can't uh, say.
0: Well, I wasn't spo- I wasn't thinking I was going to have a third child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never
1: know,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's up to the gup. Yeah, that's Jewish. mysticism for people who don't know. That's Right. So, uh, the the gup is the hall of souls where babies come from. You know, that's where your babies stored until. You know, you get pregnant, and the GUP says, "Oh," the GUP goes, "Oh, uh, let's see." gets a little clipboard out and flips some papers over, and be like, "Oh, hey, you over there, you're gonna go with this family over here, okay?" Mm-hmm. And they don't get any choice in it. You don't get any. Well, you get to choose. You want to go? Is that okay with you? Okay. Off you go. Mm-hmm. And that's this that's what I, I I tell people that sometimes, and you can see people. I can see people light up. Because they're like you're so right, you know, mm-hmm. and you know I got that from a stupid movie. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the
1: funny thing about movies and media. And well, they use and they use, use, yeah a
0: good it. movie pulls elements of true things or belief systems in to create a great story, and that's what this this that was called the seventh seal. Demi Moore. Yeah. Um, well, that's and why that's, ma-
1: massively appealing movies are massively appealing right. because they attach to something. Yeah. that is universal in in you know the collective unconscious that's yeah. the nature of, of appealing not necessarily appealing but of, of quality media
0: yeah well I started sit down today with flipping channels on YouTube TV and uh, the five, the battle of the five the hobbit the battle of the five just came on mm-hmm. which I saw in the theater I've seen it on DVD a couple of times and I started watching and I'm like yeah, I can't do this it just doesn't Peter kind of overshot. You know what I'm saying? He could have done two movies and was too much. It was too grandiose. It's a great movie. <laughs> um, great story. You know, you you can't. You know, that's one of the great one of the great great stories, of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. And I always tell people my D and D friends, where I'm like, well, Lord of the Rings is contrived, blah blah blah. I'm like, really, you would not be doing this today if it wasn't for Lord of the Rings. Very true. Everything that they got. They, you know, all of this fantasy. They're like, "Whoa, this is incredible!" Let's make our own. It it all bleeds from it. it it's just if, like if you wouldn't have if, Stephen King of course for Lovecraft.
1: You action. don't have to love Tolkien. There's plenty of maybe a bit of dry verbosity to. to yeah, demand. it's pretty. Dry. But um, it 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 paved the way for you know the the mass acceptance of a wide genre. Oh yeah, it's and so you know give the man his but... Well, it's
0: like Lovecraft. You can't you can't look at horror reading horror stories and not realize the effect that Lovecraft in oh. his short story writing absolutely and the graphic design of his stories were so just spellbinding. You know, with the um, oh, which one was it? I'm sorry, the Dunwich Horror. In the explanation he gave this short excerpt explanation of what the beast actually looked like mm-hmm. and in your mind you're just so frightened of the very thing you can barely even you barely even want to finish the description the first time <laughs> I read it's it like I don't want to finish this description I had to actually go back and read it three or four times to really understand it and let my mind actually evolve that creature into being mm-hmm. because it was so graphic and so gruesome you know so yeah i think it was
1: a done mature. yeah uh-huh. but anyway um do we get like did, did, did we get uh
0: well i think that was pretty organic how we went there right i mean I know, we'll yeah. start with krishna oh. and um did we get like did i did i do did i feel satisfied work? with our conversation did that, did that I feel, work
1: as far as like i feel very satisfied
0: that? with that because so here's what I get my from this terrible I, I, understanding
1: of it, like my very like, no, no, rudimentary no. I, like I, explanation I, is like
0: a, I think I think your explanation is that the goal for any religion is the same. It is to not force people into being kind to each other, but to say to people, you you can do these things and have a good life, or you cannot do these things and still have a good life. But the outcome may not meet the criteria. the The may, outcome may not meet the next step in the process.
1: I, I would state it this way. Please. The goal of any good religious practice, because that's what it is, is a practice. Yes. Is. To make enough conscious space to allow you to access or touch that part of yourself that is the love of God.
0: That's beautiful man.
1: Seriously. That is, yes. Hey, that was just no, but that's the... there's
0: a there's still a symbiosis between Eastern and Westerners that we take for granted that could say, here's how we can all live together, and there's, and love there's... each other without having to be, uh, you know, expressing grievances about how people are treated. Mm-hmm.
1: There's the the parallels between Western and Eastern religion are significant um, and obviously like I understand Christianity best just because that's what I was that's I was raised you know a non-denominational Christian yeah I just I read the Bible not in any particular <laughs> bent or way just like read the Bible try to understand what's going on eat some peaches right about it Jesus. wasn't like you dance can't dance you do this don't do this it was just like no just to understand this thing and
0: well it's really it's really one thing that's the the thing that's wrong with a lot of it is we become uh, some groups of people become too
1: involved in what you can't do instead of what you can do well there's lots of different admonishments in lots of different religions but just like the practice of medicine should be the understanding of the complexity of the system and how the system operates and so should the practice of religion be. Okay. If you are worried about drink the coffee, don't drink the coffee. Drink the liquor, don't drink the liquor. doesn't matter. The point is if drinking Alcohol keeps you from connecting to that place in yourself where the love of God resides. That don't drink it. Yeah. If smoking cigarettes keeps you from your attaching to that place in yourself where the sacred heart of Christ is present. Don't smoke cigarettes. If eating pork (laughs) keeps you from that place in your heart where the love of the Buddha sits, don't eat pork. That's it. That's the point. That's the point to the rules. Well, I've always It's not it's not a thing like if you if don't if you don't let your hair grow long or if you cut it if you don't wear the tassels on the edges of your clothes if you happen to do this after this day blah blah blah, blah it, it doesn't fucking matter yeah,
0: the yeah point god doesn't care if you're
1: a white right after day does this keep you from god if it does don't do it does this bring you closer to god and if do it. it does and do it right so that's I'll, it I'll give you an example of how there's we, lots you, of rules that have been instituted
0: around you, you that, picked right? a couple things you know you know which is you know well most religions pick something not to do like some religions are like don't smoke don't drink sure latter-day saints are don't drink coffee don't drink tea don't drink alcohol uh, don't smoke you know, no tobaccos for these cows and, um, and people always say you can't do that well, you're Mormon. You're Mormon or you're alive. And of it you can't do that, right? And I always say, I can do it all I want. Well, I have coffee in the mornings. But right now, I drink coffee. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke yeah. as much as I miss smoking. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I don't drink, I don't miss beer at all. But anyway, I choose not to do certain things because I didn't like who I was when I did this. Exactly. It's not, and it's not that they did not like who I was when I smoked. It just was lowering my health. It was a detriment to my health. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, it's that's, a, a, that's a big
1: concept in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But but it, so it just, I felt it was detrimental to my health at that point, so I stopped. And my bishop also asked me, so I did not because I went. I, I wanted to get to the temple. Right now, I'm not in a. I, I'm not. I'm not going to the temple I don't and that's the consequence for my action because I'm drinking coffee well I have to straight I'd have to sort that out for myself to be able to go into the temple and I accept that because it's my choice sure absolutely so and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm it doesn't make me more righteous to accept or to say that and it doesn't make me less righteous to it's just a matter of of beating well, that's the
1: cho- that's the that's the that's the the aspect of the religious practice that you have chosen no. but drinking coffee doesn't make you any less close to God it doesn't make my it doesn't take away from my ability
0: to study when I get a sti- when I get, when I do actually sit down and study the, the Book of Mormon and the Bible because my challenge to my in my mind is to find the parallels between them and how they cross-reference each other so I, I, it takes me a long time to read through the Book of Mormon anymore because I'm always like, oh, what does this say? Where do I find this? This like uh, a similar passage in the Bible?" It takes me hours to read a chapter. That's great. It can so yeah, you can take hours it, to
1: read a verse. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. That's the
0: point. That's exactly it. That's exact. That's the study. And but it, I don't think that drinking coffee takes away from my ability to do that. Now there may be LDS
1: people out there who will argue with me that it does. Well, here's the thing. Their only position can be drinking coffee inhibits my ability to be close to God I can't tell you whether or not drinking coffee keeps you from God I have no idea well it's just but you know it's just the
0: ability to be close the closest to God that comes from the temple for me but I'm not I've never been a real strong temple attender uh-huh attender uh, attendee attendee thank you tender. I'm a high school graduate <laughs> um so um. And I and maybe I should maybe I should work to crave for that better. And that's and I'll tell you something else that's funny. I got wrote up for saying, "fuck" at work. Mm-hmm. Somebody complained that I said "fuck" at work. Okay. And I was pissed. That was that. That's one of the reasons why we we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. You know? but yeah. We didn't, yeah we did. I didn't really tell you what happened until the next time we got together. Yeah. The second, like last week. Uh uh-huh. But. I also found in Colossians 3, where it says, where it reminded me, that my, my mother-in-law reminds me this all the time, filthy language is not godlike, So I've actually kind of challenged myself to quit saying fuck so much. And here I am
1: saying it, but I mean... I, I, <coughs> I, th- I think about it differently. You know, if I know that I'm with somebody that is made uncomfortable by my swearing, Unless for some reason I feel called or that it is important to challenge their discomfort, which I rarely do, I I won't swear. Now, I don't think for a second that my choice of verbiage has any effect on my closeness to God or to consciousness or to whatever. Yeah. It's that's. But. If you believe that it does, one, it does. And two, then you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, if you want to swear, you should swear. <laughs> and if you want to smoke cigarettes, you should smoke cigarettes. Yes. And if you want to drink alcohol, you should drink alcohol. And yes. if you want to drink coffee, you should drink coffee. Yes. But don't kid yourself about what you actually want. Don't worry. When you're not supposed to smoke anymore, you won't. Oh well, that's that. And when you're not supposed to drink coffee anymore, you won't. And if you force yourself to stop smoking, or you force yourself to stop drinking, it doesn't matter. Because you're still well, smoking in your mind. Well let's, let's you're still let smoking me, in your heart. Let's break that down. Difference. Let's break that
0: down, okay? So I quit smoking on April thirteenth mm-hmm. of two thousand and three. Okay. Okay. Two thousand three? Two thousand three. We hung
1: out before that. We smoked together before that. Or after that.
0: No, no, no. We we met in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So this is when I first smoked. Oh, okay, was this, was this is the first I, this is the start this, of the story. I'm sorry. Right. So yeah. I sure. started I started I smoked the first time I was nine. I've said that before. Yeah. And I smoked a little bit until I turned twenty eight when my first wife left me and I went from smoking one or two cigarettes a day to a pack in about a week. Woo pack it so I was smoking pack a week. So um, anyway, so when I smoked from nineteen ninety four till about nineteen ninety seven, pack day. And I quit. When I was ready I just when it didn't taste any good anymore, I quit. I was married to my second wife then and she didn't grief me over it. She knew that I quit when I was ready and I did. Mm -hmm. So then when, and I didn't have a cigarette after that. And then after my second wife and I broke up, I started smoking again, and instantly back to a pack a day. So 98, so no, I'm sorry, it was 96 I quit smoking. So I smoked for, for two years. And then I I quit for two years, and I started smoking again. And I smoked from 1996 till 2003, a pack a day.
1: Kay.
0: I remember. 96 to 2002. That's all. all cigarettes. Yeah. So, but I re- but I but I remember I was at the restaurant Old Chicago at the mall. We were doing karaoke. It was a Tuesday night, and I remember bumming a cigarette for somebody. It was a menthol. Mm-hmm. And I loved menthol, so we could still smoke inside then in the restaurants. Yeah. Um, and I smoked half that cigarette, and I got one drag, and I was like, this tastes like shit. Yep. And I put that cigarette out, because Mary didn't like me smoking, and I wanted to be with Mary. Uh-huh. I put that cigarette out, and I didn't smoke again until August of 2014, when she after she died. Mm-hmm. And I smoked for one year to the day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I quit again. So I, you, when you're done with something, you are done with something. You're
1: done with it. It'll you'll be done, and that's fine. Yeah, I know if I, I don't
0: know if I really. I'm a testament to that though, because I keep having these moments of depression and turning back to cigarettes. So, but you know, that's the thing.
1: Is like so, so what? Like, who (laughs) fucking cares? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like. I'm not that worried, but that that's the other aspect, and that's one of the things that like I just don't I don't care. Like, but in reality, like I don't the things that like people care about that because they care about dying. Like, I don't want to die young, or I don't want to die of lung cancer, or I don't want to like, but. And I know that we're talking about cigarettes, and cigarettes are, like, honestly, like, one of the most useless turds. It's totally, there's nothing good about smoking cigarettes, right? But there's so much (laughs) that is good about, because you've attached it to all of these other things that you enjoy. It was all about being cool when I was a kid. Uh
0: You know, when I was nine, I was nine years old, walked around amongst, it was the 4th of July. And we're walking around. Me and this other kid are walking around. We're nine years old, having cigarettes, the parks, you know. and, and there's adults like looking at us, like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm cool." That adult thinks I'm, you know, that adult's you know, looking like, at me like, like I'm a badass, cool. yeah. and they're looking
1: at you like, "What? Who the fuck?" No, I, knew what they're, they're I house, knew what they're. I knew
0: what they're like. Who's your child? Who's this child's parent? Where's this yeah, child's parent? Exactly. You know? Well, and I'm a, like, and Mike, and my attitude child, the time was, "Fuck wanna, you," like, you know. You
1: just want to get a rise out of somebody. Yeah, exactly. I was nine, and I was like, cool. You're just like, I don't want to fucking. I, when I, when I, the first time I smoked, I was eight and uh, I did it, I didn't want to get a rise out of anyone. I did it by myself. Yeah. I just would sit by myself in my fort and I would smoke out of a pipe that I made.
0: That's funny. Where'd you get the tobacco?
1: I would ride my bike, um, all around. And so I just ride around, you know, and just, uh, you know, bum, you know, little uh, halfies and shit out of ashtrays. You know, there's ashtrays everywhere. So I just go Not around so and much pick anymore, up a bunch yeah. of halfies and <laughs> throw them in my pocket and go home and you know, stick it in my little corncob pipe that I'd made. And we had a catalpa tree, and the branches of the catalpa tree are hollow in the center, and you let the branch dry out, and um, it has this very uniform um, pith down the center, and you just take a coat hanger... And you remount the center of the branch and it makes a perfect stem for a pipe. I'd uh, take a cord cob from dinner one night, let it dry out. I was a very like industrious child. <laughs> so I was well, like So your
0: dad was your dad was a contractor, electrical contractor. My right? dad was
1: an electrical engineer at the time. Oh, yeah. But he always liked to build stuff. That's one of the like I learned to build things and work with my hands from the time that I can remember. That's some of my earliest memories with my father were building things Moving and working rocks with my and... hands. <laughs> well, even before that, that was when I was four. Yeah, Sprock story. But um, the, you know, even memories before that, from like two, three years old, were like me learning to pound nails into a piece of wood, or me learning to use a screwdriver, or like taking apart an old broken piece of electronics, like as a three-year-old. Yeah. And so, like, I just I enjoyed it, and I'd always like build things. But anyway, I. I just thought that, that was an interesting um, contrast. It's like, first time you smoked, you wanted people to see you. And you wanted to, like, my your goal was to, to incite yeah. a reaction. My
0: cousin my cousin taught me how to smoke.
1: And, like, I didn't want to incite a reaction. I don't know exactly what I did want. But I just wanted to be by myself. And I wanted to do something that I wasn't supposed to do. And, uh, quietly. Yeah. Alone.
0: Yeah. I because I remember thinking, I remember thinking, what I'm doing dad If my dad caught me doing this, he'd kick my ass. Yeah. Literally, word for word, my dad's gonna kick my ass if he catches me. And mm. and he didn't catch me, but it did have a funny consequence, mm-hmm. you know, belching up a belly full of smoke. Woof! Because <laughs> I wasn't inhaling in my my lungs, I was swallowing the smoke. Really.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: And yep. so, did you get fucking sick? No, I didn't get sick. It was really weird. No, I didn't get sick. That's strange. But I did. We were sitting down. And my brother used. To, my brother Chuck used to tell this story all the time. Yeah, we're sitting down at dinner and we're having spaghetti, and Bob's sitting there and all of a sudden goes, and smoke goes,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and my dad didn't let me sit in his lap anymore when he smoked. He made
1: me get down after that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I remember one time that fucking makes me think of another. I mean, I, I was, I, I started a lot of things young. I was, I was maybe a, just a child. I always was maybe looking to the future as a child. Yeah. Day. And uh, when I was, um, when I was 13, I was in ninth grade, I was in Algebra 2 class, and Mr. Carruthers, algebra class and um, I used to always get super fucking baked before that class oh I smoked weed I smoked weed like when I was 13 14 years old I smoked weed fucking five six times a day if I could (laughs) smoked a shitload of weed and uh, I was sitting in that class just fucking baked and uh, I just opened my mouth and out came this enormous belch cloud of just stinky pot smoke <laughs> filling my corner of the classroom. And, and, uh, there was not a, yeah, everybody started laughing and there was not, I, yeah, it was, there was no more work to be done that period. But that's my, my, uh a story for the well for the recording
0: the the we uh completely something went wrong at about 108 and uh stopped recording in the middle of that story we probably actually recorded what should have been two hours of of stuff and had a good conversation and
1: we'll have another one next week yeah <laughs> oh well anyway.
0: anyway we got a little bit of story about of us you know a yeah. bit more about us and mm. you know and Uh, It was fun. It was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you like and share. Tell a friend. Tell a friend, baby. I always say that, don't I?
1: Yeah. Excuse me. All right, guys. Well, this is Jordan.
0: This is Bob. This has been Shop Talks. Y'all be cool. See you next week.